0: Hello and welcome to 33 Degrees North, 112 Degrees West, a podcast by Connor Greenwall. I'm your host and welcome to episode one. Uh, We have a very special guest with us today, but first I wanted to do just a quick introduction of what this podcast is about. Uh, So I'm a huge fan of traveling i travel as much as i can most of my budget is based around traveling and i really developed this love for traveling during the pandemic and it's just kind of grown and blossomed uh throughout the time since then and uh i've met amazing people i've been amazing places i've never thought uh i would uh, end up But the biggest thing I've learned from traveling is uh, that there's just so many people you can meet that have amazing stories to tell. So I wanted to find a way to bring a platform that allows people to tell those stories. There's never been a person that I've approached randomly on the street or at a bar or something like that that had a disappointing story to tell. Everybody has a story to tell. So I'm hoping to bring that platform to them, and the first person I'm bringing that platform to is an amazing friend of mine, Terrence. Uh, He's an amazing guy. We met in Mexico City. Terrence, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is uh, Terrence Lofton, and. I am in the uh, film industry and I am a traveling human <laughs> I love it I love uh going anywhere and everywhere around the world uh so i um i started out um uh over in chicago um and uh, over there uh I went to school at um like the south side of chicago and I will say I traveled maybe at that point i was uh I lived in Chicago all the way till uh, till high school was over. After high school was over, I was gone. I ended up moving to Florida. But before that, I think the only place I had traveled was Indianapolis and uh, Atlanta. And those were both uh, driving, which was really, really cool. And that, like, totally sparked my interest in traveling. Because before that, I was just, like, in the same area. But uh, when we were driving, and I seen, like, it was a whole other world. And that's one of my favorite things is... Um, finding worlds within the world. And um, I found out that when you travel, there's these things called, like, CVs. And you go around and you talk to the truckers. And I was like, what? This is cool. And the truckers tell you where all the um, the cops are and stuff. And it's really cool the way they talk. They don't call them cops. They call them Smokey, like Smokey the Bear. And uh, I don't know if uh, anyone on the show knows Smokey the Bear, but Smokey the Bear is basically... Um, he's a... Uh, for, like, uh, Forest Preserves in America... And he's for, you know, uh, fire safety, helping fires not, not starting in forest and everywhere in general, basically. And so they're like, oh, there's a Smoky, there's a Smoky. So I thought that was super cool. And then we got to the destination, um, which was um, Georgia, when uh, we went further. We went to Indianapolis, which was pretty short. But Georgia, that was really cool. And I got to see red, uh, red uh, dirt for the first time, a.k.a. clay. I was like, whoa, wait, their ground is like this? You know, like, yeah, yeah, their ground isn't, isn't, they don't have black dirt, they have red dirt, which is clay, and uh, that was, like, mind-blowing. So I was like, what, what, what? So right then and there, I knew that I wasn't going to go to college in Chicago. I was like, nah, I'm going to definitely start traveling, and that's exactly what happened.
0: (laughs) It's always that first big trip that piques your interest. I would say I had a very similar situation uh throughout 2020 i kind of just started going doing uh, road trips here and there but the big first big trip i went on that wasn't like a family vacation to california or las vegas was when i went down to Puerto Penasco for the first time and that was my first time really stepping out of the world that i grew up in and seeing the world from a completely different perspective the world that I got to see in person in Mexico for the first time was nothing like I had been told it was going to be nothing like the news portrays it nothing like anybody even with the most positive reviews can tell you to your face it's something you have to go out and experience firsthand yourself and the moment I got a taste of what there is out there in the world I immediately fell in love with that and I just couldn't get enough And that led to uh, me ending up in Mexico City on the 4th of July in the summer of 2021. And that's how I met you, Terrence. Uh, That's one of my favorite stories to tell because uh, there's a lot of ways to meet people. uh, But just going up and meeting a random person on the street, it's a complete stranger to you. Just going up and starting to talk to them, you never know what you're going to find. And uh the person Terrence ended up being was exactly what the person I was looking for that day. So why don't you tell us that story, Terrence?
1: Uh yeah, so um <laughs> that was uh me and my wife basically <laughs> just got like married <laughs> yeah, the day before and uh I was like, man, like I was like, Base, hey, it's, it's America's birthday, like I kinda wanna do something. I know I'm in Mexico but I kinda wanna do something for America's birthday. She's like, Oh, what you do you wanna do? When I get a drink or something and i was like oh maybe i don't know maybe go to a restaurant i don't know you know i'm my dad and i'm right here and so she's like okay and um anyway i forget exactly where we were coming from but uh we were with my my dad and my stepmom were there visiting for the uh, wedding in mexico city and um we're just walking out and i seen you and, um, you were asked, it was like, Hey, you guys, are you guys American? And I'm like, yeah, you know, automatically I'm already like excited. Like, what, what, what is this going to happen? You know, already was excited about like the thought of someone saying, oh, you're American? I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going down. This is going down. I already could see what was going to happen. Like, we're going to go get drinks. You know, I want some whiskey. And, um, sure enough, you're like, Hey, you know, we're looking for, Amer- I was looking for other Americans I want to, you know, have a drink for America's birthday and I was totally down and the funny part is my dad was too my dad's like yeah but then I can see my stepmom kind of just like "Mm." and then so she kind of like took him away and then me and you and uh my wife and uh the other lady we went out and had a drink and I think we drank that entire bottle I think we got whiskey and we drank the entire bottle which was kind of on accident and we just sat there and had amazing conversations like man it was it was it was like like exactly what i had wanted when i had started out that day so it was perfect and to hear that it was something that you wanted too it was just meant to be you know and so like i don't know it was almost like magic it was pretty dope <laughs> it was a really cool meeting
0: well i wouldn't say it was an accident that we finished that entire bottle of whiskey <laughs> but <laughs> yeah from my perspective it was, it was very similar i was with this uh this girl and we were walking around uh downtown mexico city uh and we were out by uh the uh the azteca ruins over by the presidential building kind of behind the, the big cathedral they have there and i uh, we all day we were listening uh I, I wanted to find another american and go do whiskey shots celebrate the fourth of july and um i was listening and she was listening for other english speakers and we finally found some out by the azteca ruins to so go up and start talking to them and they're English. It's like we're not spending the fucking Fourth of July with Brits. That kind <laughs> of defeats the purpose. So uh, we on our w- went on our way. We were walking back towards the subway station. and We were just gonna go grab something to eat. And then she uh, she heard you guys talking, and she pointed me out, uh, sh- She pointed you out to me. I'm like, oh, perfect. So I walk up to you. It's like, hey, are you guys Americans? And you were like immediately jumping in. You got uh, super excited. Uh, we went. We started talking. We ended up going to this bar d- just down the street. And we talked for a good two and a half, three hours. It was yeah. Im- immediately hit it off. It was, it was amazing. A perfect way to spend the Fourth of July, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. Like especially out of the country, I think that was definitely one of the best ways to uh, to celebrate <laughs> to celebrate the Fourth of July with another American. You know, like just pounding some whiskey <laughs> in all the country you know if we would have found a mcdonald's I'm like let's grab some mcdonald's no. <laughs> but yeah it was, of course it was definitely cool
0: and of course the the employees at this bar had no clue what was going on but they were they were just happy to have customers and i, I who would have thought like the best fourth of july that i have memories of would be spent in mexico city
1: yeah it's pretty insane <laughs> i love it yeah, dude, traveling, man. I, I it's, it's, you know, um, um, since we're talking about that, uh, I, when I did uh my second Survivor, so I work in, I work in TV and film and TV shows and all that, and uh, I mostly do reality TV. I've done a few films, but reality TV seems to be my niche. And um, I had did Survivor. It was my second year doing Survivor. Uh, my first year was in Nicaragua, and my second year was in Samoa. And we were in Apia, which is the non-American side, because there's two sides to Samoa. There's the there's the big island which has Apia on it, and Then there's the other island which is they call American Samoa, and everyone over there can actually they actually have a visa to come to America, which um, I don't know if they're I don't that that's just what I've heard. They just call it American Samoa, and so anyway, I was there and um, in Samoa, and uh, you know meeting all these brand new people and stuff, and. One random girl, um, I end up seeing her at the bar, and we just start talking. Her name is Ashley. And we, we she just starts saying these places that I understand and I know of, and then we start laughing, and she goes, Oh, what? Did you go to this high school? And I was like, Yes! <laughs> she just ran me through a high school out. And I was like, Yeah, I did go to her. She's like, What? Me too? And I was like, What? So it was insane that I met all the way across the world. Like, not even across, but it was pretty far in Samoa, I met someone who went to the same high school as me. I was like, What? Traveling's crazy. Like we we're literally on this island in the middle of like the ocean. Like, oh why, why, why? So, you know, traveling yeah, it's- is it's it I don't know. I just it's I feel like <clears throat> it's something that is ingrained in all humans and I feel like sometimes uh, I feel like we more humans need to do it. I really do. Especially Americans and I think that Americans need to go to other places like, um, uh, like Mexico and, but not just like Cancun or, or Tijuana. I, mean, I feel like they should go like, like Tulum. I feel like it's pretty in there. Oaxaca, um, Mexico city, of course. So, um, yeah, I feel like if we have more traveling going on, I think there will be in a way better, way better place. <laughs> but, yeah. And
0: again, going back to that point of just, you never know who you're going to meet Um, i have a similar story in august of 2021 i went to a concert in san diego and after the first couple of acts we start talking to the people sitting next to us so i live uh in phoenix arizona so it's about 500 miles to san diego and where i grew up was a town about 80 miles east of phoenix so we're talking to the people sitting next to us in the stadium with like thirty thousand people in it it just happened to be that the people sitting next to us were from my hometown went to the same church as my great-grandmother and currently works at my current workplace Blood. and it's like it's just you never know who you're gonna meet and who would have thought 500 miles from where i live 600 miles from where i grew up i was going to have this conversation with some random stranger i'd never met before who just happened to grow up where i grew up and work where i work and he's just It's crazy how that stuff happens. You just truly never know who you're going to meet.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty cool. I love it. I really do. Um, And um, another crazy one. uh, So there was this guy that me and my dad met and I was like a kid kid. Um, And uh, this guy, I just remember him. He was super lively. I remember he had these classes and he loved uh, jazz music and it was like a he had i forget exactly where me and my dad were but it was in chicago and i think the guy had like this uh this jazz this character on his car my dad recognized he's like oh that's this jazz you know band or whatever i was like, oh cool and then the guy who owned the car came out and then he and my dad like hit it off pretty well home. he was just like super cool dude again that was when i was a kid and i'm like i'm like in my 30s now and so um Anyway, flash forward to maybe a few years ago, and um, I was in... Oh, this was actually uh, to flash forward to 2017. Uh, and um, I was in 2017, and I was in Mexico working on a show called uh, Made in Mexico for Netflix. And uh, we ended up um, going over by the coast for shooting... I forget exactly what we were shooting over there. But we, we had lunch... <clears throat> and uh as we we're eating lunch this server comes out and i look and i'm like what and it's a guy with glasses he's very lively and i'm like mm, is this and i just think there's no way this can be this guy because i just randomly met that guy like as a kid and so he and i look at him i'm like this gotta be him so he he dropped off our stuff and i couldn't even figure out what i wanted to eat until he came back and i was like excuse me and he's like hey was like hola hola chico you know, and he, sp- he spoke, like, this, like, cool, like, Spanglish. And I was like, hey, like, are you from Chicago? And he's like, what? Yeah, I'm from Chicago. He's like, what? He was like, what? Why? you come know from Chicago? I was like, dude, do you like jazz music? And he's like, what? Yes, yes, I love jazz music. I was like, dude, we met when I was a kid. He's like, what? I was like, you met my dad? And sure enough, he actually remembered, too. He was like, oh, was that the time when, you know, at the, you know, pointed at my at my um sticker on my car and i'm like yeah so it was just super ultra random to like see this guy at this this like coastal town in mexico at a restaurant serving us like it was just (laughs) mind-blowing so um like you're saying it's, it's incredible the people that you can meet while traveling and just out and about so i i love it i love uh random i love meeting uh new people um One of my favorite things to do, and I like to do this while traveling, maybe you should try this next time you travel, is I take random pictures of people. So say if we're out at like a bar or a club and I'm vibing, I'll just randomly pull out my camera and go to a random person and kind of, the way I usually start out is I kind of slowly like, like I look at them, they look at me, and I kind of look back at my phone and I look at them again and kind of like, you know, like, hey, we are doing this? And then usually, I, I, I don't think I've had anyone deny me a random selfie pick. <laughs> and you just take a random selfie with a random person. And uh usually that like turns out very, very well. And um, that's one of my fun things to do, one of my favorite things to do while traveling, like take a random picture, just like, hey, hey, hey. You no. Know, especially in a club scene that it really goes well.
0: <laughs> There's just something intoxicating about that feeling of stepping outside of your your comfort zone and just exploring what else is out there and i know a lot of people don't like stepping outside of their comfort zone and that's why a lot of people kind of stay in their isolated little bubbles Mm -hmm. but once you burst that bubble and really get out there the places you'll see the things that you'll do the people you meet there's just so much out there and every situation is going to be a new story to tell in one way or another Uh, yeah no no exactly
1: (laughs) yeah you're right um the way I like to explain it is um, I like uh, gardening, <clears throat> and um, a lot of people, the way that people say, oh, man, my plant died, my plant died, I'm terrible at it, and it's like, well, a lot of people don't understand that, like, sometimes, like, when when you get these little plants and stuff, they're in these very little pots or very little, like, like trinkets or whatever to be, uh, for the, the plant to live in, and so... That plant is comfortable in that little pot so the way that the way that a plant grows is if you plant it in a bigger pot so to me that's the way i see people i'm like okay your roots are grounded here you're in your same pot this is as much as you're going to grow if you want to grow more you got to get in a different pot which means you're going to be uncomfortable and you have to grow more roots which is very uncomfortable at first but the moment you get all those roots settled you'll be comfortable and that uncomfortableness is where you actually grow, and where people grow. And that's the part that's hard for people, is because they're like, uh, "I'm used to doing this. I'm used to this. I know this. I don't know that. I don't want to try it." You know. And so uh, I heard this one saying <clears throat> while again traveling, uh, when I was working in Mexico uh, on a bachelorette, and um, <clears throat> one of the one of the contestants said this, and I thought it was really, really well said. And he said that uh, the best things in life are on the other side of fear. And I was like, that's true. You know, just think about even, like, jumping into the ocean or getting into the ocean or jumping into a pool. Like, you're like, oh, my God, it's too cold. It's too cold. It's too cold. And you just, some people are like, just jump in. Just jump in. You know, just like, ah. You're just scared of that initial, like, cold feeling. And it's only going to be a few seconds, you know. But pe- that still scares people. It's like, oh, I don't want to get in. It's like, just go in. Boom. Ah. Oh, this isn't so bad. now they're telling everybody else to get in, get in, get in, get in. I feel like it's the exact same thing with um, with a lot of things in life. It's like sometimes you just got to get past that. You know, past that part that's going to suck for, you know, a few seconds. But it's only going to be a few seconds. And after that, boom, you're all good. So.
0: Yeah, the analogy I always like to use is have you ever, have you ever given blood, donated blood? Yeah. Do you know what the worst part of donating blood is? What's that? It's not the actual needle prick itself it's the seconds leading up to it the needle never hurts it'll be it'll sting a little but it never hurts but what always sucks is just waiting for that initial puncture but once you get past that point it's fine so if you can get past that initial barrier the initial stomach drop the initial anticipation of what is to come then whatever it was you were scared of (coughs) is going to happen you'll you'll already be past that and you'll be in 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 clear waters at that point point, exactly. and i feel like when it comes to meeting new people one of the best ways to get over that barrier is some sort of icebreaker now my go-to icebreaker is buying tequila shots i like to go and buy people tequila shots and i end up vibing with them when i was in uh porto last august uh there's this group i was there by myself and there's this uh group of uh americans sitting at the other side of the bar and uh, they uh, they were heading outside uh, to like the patio area, and they had just like complimented my shirt. I wear this like very colorful uh, travel shirt, and that's one of my icebreakers. So mm-hmm. they were like complimenting my shirt or whatever. But then they went outside, and uh, I didn't know how to how to introduce myself with the, uh, to them and try to see if I can hang out with them. So what I did was I just bought around of tequila shots, and then we ended up spending the entire weekend together.
1: Oh, dude that's awesome yeah that's a good one i am um, yeah i think you know definitely like like drinking alcohol is definitely a good thing to uh like alcohol i'm I'm not like i used to be like super into alcohol but i can tell you that like traveling with alcohol is definitely one of the best things to do as far as like icebreakers and uh talking to people because it's like you know you know it it's That liquid courage, you know, it truly is like liquid courage. And also too, like when you're in that setting, it's like, it's hard, like you're saying, it's hard to, you know, resist someone who's like, oh, here, have a drink, you know, here, I want a drink with me. What, what? And it's free. You're like, yeah, why not? Especially if it's, it's coming out right then and there. It's not something like, hey, just take this drink where you're actually seeing a drink or like, yeah. So I think that, um, I think that traveling is something that most people should totally really do, dude. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Because, um, I was literally just talking to, um, um, one of my buddies that I game with and he was telling me how he's, um, he's still talking to friends that have, like, never moved. They're still in the exact same spot that he, um, he, he, they grew up in, you know, and uh, he's about to be 30 as well. I think he's in, I think he's, like, 29. So, and I have a couple of friends that that are the exact same. Like, I'm like, like, I told my one friend, I was like, hey, buddy, like, I was visiting, visiting Chicago, I'm like, hey, bud, you know, you want to go grab some pho? And he's like, pho? I'm like, yeah, pho, you, know, you don't know pho? He's like, pho? What is pho? And I was like, Vietnamese food? And he's like, what? Vietnamese food? I'm like, oh, man. You know, and I forgot because I'd be tra- I'm traveling all the time. And in Florida, Vietnamese food is like all over the place. The same thing here in California. It's all over the place. But in Chicago, not so much. You know, so he was just like, What? Completely confused. Now if I would have said Chinese food, yeah. I don't even know if they have Thai food in Chicago like that. I mean I think they do, but not like not like how it is in like Florida or or um California here in California. So <clears throat> even your your choices of food are are different, you know, and which should be like a no brainer, but I don't think people think about that. They're just like, Oh, you know, we got McDonalds, we got all these things. It's like, no, no no no, You know, those are those are corporate places. You need to try some mom and pop places, and um, I feel like that is like another thing that you need to do while traveling is try different food. You know, like we don't just go and travel somewhere and go hit McDonald's up, which I've done. I'm not gonna lie, I was in Japan. And I was pretty drunk, and I was like, there's a McDonald's, and I'm American, I gotta go grab it. You know, it's it's weird. It's like, (laughs) I've noticed that when I go to different places, um, that uh, every now and then, I have to have some McDonald's. I'm just like, I just need McDonald's. You know, and uh, I think it's just, I don't know if it's the food, or if it's like, just a little slice of home where I'm at. You know, and also too, it's really cool, because McDonald's, they have like special... um, uh, a special, uh, a special menu. When it comes to certain places, that they are like when I was in Samoa, they had a Samoa burger, which like dwarfed the Big Mac. Like the Big Mac was like, like just the regular burger compared to this thing, you know. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? And same thing in Japan, they've had burgers and stuff that we didn't have in America. So, food while traveling is definitely a really good thing to check out.
0: I completely agree, and. Food is one of the best parts of traveling because there's so many different dishes out there and it's prepared differently every single place you go. I definitely have this rule when traveling where I won't eat at any national chain. I won't eat at any place I can eat when I'm at home. I want to go out and try new stuff. And um, when I was in Nashville, we had just landed after a red-eye flight and they're like, "Oh, let's go to McDonald's get something to eat." But I was like, putting my foot down, like, "No, we need to find a local place. We can't eat it somewhere. Uh, we can eat back home." So we ended up going to the uh, we ended up going to this breakfast place in like the Nashville Historical District. That was amazing. But um, just there's so much, so much, many different food options out there that you want to try what's unique to that certain place you're in, because you may never get to try that again. Like when I was in Mexico this one time with my friend, uh, we were sitting at this beach bar and he ordered three carne asada tacos. And I'm like, dude, that's the fucking ocean right there. So he changed his order to be uh, three shrimp tacos instead. But (laughs) that, uh, (laughs) that makes me wonder, what is the best thing you have ever eaten on the road?
1: The best thing I've ever eaten on the road... Hmm, this is a good one. Because I've been to so many different spots. I don't know. <clears throat> hmm. Let me think. I want to see, see, so I want to say Japan really bad, but I don't know if it really was Japan. Oh, no, it wasn't. I got it. I got it. I knew it was one. So the best thing I've ever eaten, which is really ironic, was chicken. <laughs> so when, like, you know, like... Uh, I, I grew up eating chicken like on the bone like all the time so when i was in like the my last couple years of high school up until like i don't know a long time i didn't eat chicken on a bone i was over it i was like i'm over this I, you know i'll eat chicken breasts i'll eat chicken nuggets but if it was like drumstick or wings i was not having it i was like i'm over this which was kind of crazy in the black community <laughs> you know, i was like kind of like shunned a little bit and so anyway um um, I was in uh, the Philippines, this place called Cagayan, which I think was the hottest place in the Philippines. Um, again, it was for Survivor, and um, I think this place is so hot that the thermometer broke a couple times. I think I was, I think Jeff was, I was there with Jeff, and Jeff's like, this thing just broke. Um, so anyway, um, I was in the Philippines, and everybody was talking about this chicken. I keep hearing everybody talking about this fried chicken, and I'm like remember i told you i'm not about that and i'm like really and I'm like this fried chicken is great it's great you guys should try it and my, it was my boy joe vine i'm like all right joe vine i trust you joe vine is another traveling sorry if i'm offending anyone because i think i heard that you couldn't say gypsy anymore but i i consider myself like a traveling gypsy and um and so anyway like they're like oh this chick this this lady she cooks this really 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 good chicken and i'm like all right let me try this so I go there, and sure enough, it's like this older, like you know, Filipino lady, and she's like, "Oh, what do you want?" And I told her, you know, the the chicken. I was going crazy over, and it took a while for her to cook it. I'm like, and they couldn't killing the chicken right then and there. But sure enough, I get the chicken. It smells great, looks great, it's fried chicken. I go back to uh, my spot. No, actually, we were eating it there. I remember because I remember I asked her to marry me. <laughs> I was eating it, and this chicken was so juicy. It was so good. Like, this. I don't know what spices she used, but I was like, dude, the colonel needs to talk to this lady. Like, KFC needs to talk to her because, like, her spices and stuff are ridiculous. And it was, like, the best chicken I've ever had. And it was fried chicken. It wasn't anything crazy, like some wild dish. It was just fried chicken and, like, some beans and rice. But the way that she made that chicken was out of control. And I was just like, I need to marry you. And she's like, I'm married already. I was like, it's okay. I'm sure your husband, you'll be okay. You have two husbands. It's fine. You know, she, she thought that was pretty cute. But, yeah, that, it, I, I I don't even think the place had a name. It was just this chicken spot at this person's house uh, in the Philippines in Cagayan. That was definitely the best uh, dish I've had. It was just fried chicken. <laughs> it's really funny because, again, it's ironic because I, I didn't like chicken on the bone. Like, fried chicken was, like, not my thing anymore at all for years. But that lady turned me around. <laughs>
0: It's funny how that works out too, like when I was in Cabo, you're surrounded by all these resorts and amazing restaurants on the beach and whatever. But still, that whole week I was there, the best restaurant I went to was in somebody's backyard.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Which which uh, I found is a thing in other places than here in America. Like in America, oh wait, let me think, let me think. Was that in America? Was that America? That was America. Wait, was that? Jeez, I can't remember. Um, I think it was America, but basically, I found out like in other countries, a lot of people invite you into their home for for the, the and that's the restaurant It's their actual home. And so there is this one guy in in um, in um, Nicaragua who did that, and you had to schedule an appointment. You couldn't just like, "Okay, here I want this." And this guy, he had a, a wood brick oven in the back of his uh, his uh, his house and he would cook pizzas and he would ask how many people are coming and he would um you'd be like oh it's this many people and he would prepare the dough for that many people and he would just be like okay you know then he would say what kind of pizza you want and the only rule he had was you can't put pineapple on a pizza because he said pineapple does not belong on a pizza and this guy is actually from italy he was actually from italy um i think his backstory was a little like i don't know if he was like a runaway or something but i know he ran away you know he went from italy and he came to nicaragua and he was living there um but yeah that food that pizza i have to say it it was one of the best pizzas i've ever had i don't know if i i could say it was the best but i don't know if it really was because i know new york has really good pizza and i'm from chicago and i know we got really good pizza so um but that i just remember it was like a flat pizza and it was very uh italian style meaning it wasn't like tons of cheese on it and stuff like that and it was very good so um that's a really another really cool thing about traveling is you get to actually eat in people's homes uh like when i mentioned i was in samoa i uh, met a guy i met two guys who took me into their home to cook me food two different guys two separate families and uh, i thought that was very interesting i'm like man like it's almost like, like, back in the day, the old movies that we see, like, here in America. You know, you'll see, like, these, some random person, you know, out on the street or whatever it is, or this random person, like, needs help, and then the family takes the man and says, oh, you can stay at our house for the night, and here, here's, like, you know, come eat with us, or whatever. I feel like that happens a lot more when I travel. I, I don't even know if it's even happened with me being here in America. I don't think it has. I think it's only when I travel. So... That's one, one really cool thing that uh, I really like about traveling is that families will like literally invite you into their house to have a meal with them, which I think is pretty incredible.
0: So do you think pineapple belongs on pizza or no?
1: Yeah, I believe anything you want belongs on pizza. I'm like, you know, why? Why? I get it. The rules, the rules, but rules always meant to be broken. And um, I feel like. You can do whatever you want. You know, if it's your pizza, you put whatever you want on it. And, and the reason why I say that is because I love making pizza. And I make pizzas out of everything. Like, uh, I I was thinking about actually opening up a pizza restaurant if I ever, like, you know, want to settle down somewhere. And um, I want to make pizzas out of everything. Like, I've I've made a um, shepherd's pie pizza one time. I've made a steak gorgonzola pizza. I've made another one called uh, the cheesy cheese stick pizza, which has six cheese sticks on the pizza. And then the other cheese sticks, six cheese sticks, are actually inside the crust. Um, I I don't know. I, I've made uh, <clears throat> pizzas with hot dogs on it. Uh, just all kinds of different things, you know. And so I feel like whatever you want on the pizza, you can put on there. And uh, Japan does that the best. Which if you get, like, Japan's pizzas are crazy. Like, uh, there's this place called Pizza La. And um, by the way, you guys should check out those commercials. Pizza La, they're from, like, I think the 80s some of the greatest commercials ever little quick little commercials of like ingredients talking and singing and stuff is really 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 funny Uh, pizza lot but uh their pizza on their pizzas in japan they use mayonnaise which i am not a fan of mayonnaise but japanese mayonnaise is a different taste and they throw it on the pizza which makes it taste even better so i'm like well i would never guess to put mayonnaise on pizza but it actually tastes really really good with japanese mayonnaise i don't know about the regular mayonnaise <clears throat> but, yeah, we were, like, talking about food. We were, like, food, 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 food. But, yeah, it, that's definitely, like, one of the biggest parts of traveling is their food. Like, uh, like if I ever go to, um, to like, Paris, I want to try the food. I've never been there. I haven't been anywhere in Europe. All my places are mostly, like, uh, Polynesia or uh, Latin countries <clears throat> or Asian countries. So I haven't been anywhere in Europe yet. Have you been Most to Europe
0: your- yet? Well, I'm going to Europe this summer. I'm going to... Uh, Paris, Rome, and Berlin. I'm super excited for that. Nice. uh, That's something I'll talk more about uh, in the future once I've actually experienced that firsthand. But uh, the way you travel mostly is through work because you work in the film industry. Mm -hmm. So tell me a bit about how you got into that line of work and then how you got into doing shows like Survivor and The Bachelorette.
1: Uh, So I was um, in Florida going to school for um, engineering. And um, I wanted to be there. I was in Florida, actually. In all honesty, I was in Florida for animation. Uh, When I was sixteen, I had drew some draw. I I drew some cool little some pictures, and I sent them to Disney. I was like, I want to work for you guys, and they actually wrote a letter back, and they said, Oh, these are really good. These are really cool. And they were like, Whenever you're finished with high school, hit us up. And I'm like, What? So um, I did. Um, I was actually planning on actually going to japan for college i wanted to go to japan i was saving up i was actually learning japanese i was learning how to write and kanji and all that and um then um uh, my my stepmom's like hey you want to come to florida with us and when i did i like fell in love with everything that was there and um i was already trying to do animation and so i was like you know what let me you know get after that so basically when i moved to florida which was in 2001 so i was there doing the whole 9-11 thing which was pretty insane um i ended up going on a um on a uh job um interview for disney and i wanted to be a character uh and so they had to did this whole thing we had to dance and stuff and um i uh after i finished that um sorry it's a long go around after i finished that um everything got shut down because of 9-11 and then disney called me back and they said i was hired and so as i was working there um they had um i was one day carrying i was tigger by the way i was a bunch of characters but my main character was tigger and my main um my main uh park was um was uh, magic kingdom because they had different parks where it was like your home park and mine just happened to be magic kingdom and so when I was there one day, someone hits me up. It's like hey, they're like, hey, are you Terrence? I'm like, yeah, I'm Terrence. And they're like, oh, we heard you wanted to be in animation. This and that, The da, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, get, I got all excited. And they're like, oh, we were wondering if you can help us color the explosions to one of our newest uh, animated uh, features. And I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely do that. And I was like, what is it called? She goes, well, I can't tell you what it's called, but I can tell you that it's, it's uh, based in Hawaii. I was like, what? It was Lilo and Stitch. They were asking me if I can work on Lilo and Stitch at the time. And I was like, what? Yeah. And so when I said yes, they got all excited. But before everything can get finalized, the animation studio shut down in Orlando. And they sent all their great um, animators to California. And so now I was like, oh, because I had moved to Orlando for animation. So I was like, oh, no. So um, anyway, I kind of... um, I was just going to school for, I was like, okay. So I switched from animation to engineering. And as I was taking one of my, I was, I was picking out classes. um, I I had like a couple of electives, like free ones. And I took a film class. I was like, let me take this just for fun. And that film class changed everything for me. Like when I took that, I was like, whoa, this is really cool. This is really fun. It's not animation, but it's dope. And so I wrote to the, um, the, the film director uh, for the school his name was Ralph Clemente uh, who's a legend um, by the way quick side note Ralph Clemente's godson was named David Nutter and anyone who who is into Game of Thrones like really into Game of Thrones knows David Nutter David Nutter was his godson who was like who was like a PA which is like production assistant Um, on a bunch of other little TV shows, but now he's like, boom, like, David Nutter is, like, the director of Game of Thrones now, which is like, whoa, and so, anyway, he hired, that guy wrote him a letter, he got me into the film program, I started doing film, and in one of the programs, um, one of the the film sets, um, they were like, yo, if you ever come to California, we'll give you a job, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm living in Florida, and and so, anyway, after my program was done, I did a few films uh, from school. Uh, My buddy hit me up. He's like, yo, I got this job for American Idol. You want to come work on it? I was like, no, not American Idol. So he's like, I got this job for, oh my gosh, High School Musical. You ever heard of that? The High School Musical? They were doing this reality TV show of High School Musical. And so from that, um, my buddy kept asking me to work on it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to work on it. I'm going to work this other job, which was basically like a stagehand. (laughs) And he was like, dude, come on, come just try it one day. I was like sure i tried it one day i loved it and then american idol came into um florida and this is all in orlando um uh, actually they were in jacksonville for um for american idol and when i worked with them um american idol they were like uh there was uh, the dp the real story was see it's a really long story but the real story was the dp he um needed these windows to be tinted and he's like oh where's the people to tint these windows by the way i think they're paying these people like thirty five hundred to five thousand dollars to tint these windows by the way which i was just like whoa and um you're like oh my gosh paula abdul is so bright like simon cow so bright in the back we got to figure this out and um i was like hey i i can um i can tint those windows for you I was like cut your uh nd which is called neutral density he was like cut your nd and i'll do it for you I did that, and me doing that for them, I saved them so much money that they were like, yo, come out to California, we got a job for you, and I was like, nah, sure, so I actually did, I moved out to California, not having any place to stay, and um, I was just basically living in my car and in hotels, but I was working for American Idol, and so after I got um, through working that season with them, I ended up finding a place and that's basically how I got into it. Or, you know, I worked for American Idol, and then other people started calling me via through American Idol, and I was in the industry. So it was it was almost uh, it actually it was kind of an accident. Like it wasn't like I was actually seeking out being in film and stuff. Um, I was actually trying to be in animation or into um, engineering, and uh, yeah, I fell into film. So uh, which a lot of people do, by the way. I've heard a lot of people fall into film. Like a lot of people's stories or it is it was an accident so <laughs> it's kind of it's really funny so it kinda it's funny
0: how life can happen that way too because there's a lot of stuff where you don't necessarily plan out how it's going to happen it just kind of happens that way and it's, it's really cool how things fall into place like that
1: exactly it's pretty sweet <laughs> and um and I'm, I'm grateful that it happened that way because uh i've met so many people uh you included uh, through being um, in this industry, and I've met some people on the higher end. I've met people on um, the lower end, as far as like where we are s- compared in society. Like uh, I've, uh, and this is why I like to talk to people about a lot of different things because I'm not, I'm not just like, hey, you know, spouting whatever. I'm spouting knowledge from my experiences and from, from experiences that I've heard from someone else's mouth, not from TV. And um and then I can say and in Cambodia I've worked with some of the poorest people I've ever seen, uh people who couldn't even afford um meat. So they have to eat dogs, you know. And uh, I remember there was a specific uh day when I was at this uh place, it was these people again, they they invited me to come hang out the house. I was like, Yeah, sure. And I was hanging out with them just talking. And I seen they had this really cool dog. And I was like, oh man, this dog is awesome. And I was like, rubbing the dog. And the guy goes, yeah, we're going to butcher him tomorrow. And I like looked and he goes, I know, I know. In America, you guys don't eat dogs, but we don't have anything here. He was like, if you don't catch fish, like, you ain't, you're not going to eat. You know, he said, uh, he said they don't have enough money for chickens, they don't have enough money for, for pigs or cows. So the, most, of the, most of the town, they fish. And if you don't catch any fish, then you're kind of not really eating anything. So that's why to eat the dogs. So I've, I've traveled and met people like that, you know, which is just like, wow. And then I've also traveled and met people like Tim Draper. And Tim Draper is a billionaire. And he's one of the guys that helped um, um, bail out SpaceX back in the day when they, um, when they were running, when they basically ran out of money. Um, and I've also worked with um, people who have created... Uh, Airbnb. I've worked with the people who created Firefox. I've worked with uh, uh, Porsche. I I worked with so many different people. So it's like, it's like with the, with being able to travel, I've been able to go into very exclusive areas that my job, like if I wasn't at my job, I I definitely wouldn't have been able to get into, you know, places with like the Kardashians. I worked with the Kardashians as well. And traveling with them is insane. Um, It's just like paparazzi following you the entire time. And uh, wherever you go, it's just, like, huge crowds of people that are just trying to get pictures and, and autographs, and it, it's it's interesting. <laughs> so sometimes the job is like, ooh, this is cool, and then sometimes it's like, whoa, this is crazy, you know. Um, uh, I would say one of the craziest ones as far as, like, traveling was with um, the show I did called K-Viva. And K-Viva was a show where it was basically central basically it was latin america has talent we went to like all these different countries in central and south america and we're looking for uh people that just have really cool talents and um on that one um the first one we did was in mexico city and this is the first time i was in mexico city this was in i think 2011 i think it was october or september 2011 and um, I was there, and um, we were filming um, these mariachi bands in this this big square with with Mark Anthony, and Mark Anthony is is Michael Jackson in the in the the Latin world, and um, so he he told us that he's gonna have his bubble, but we have to be careful because we're not gonna have his security around us. The security is gonna be around him, and sure enough, it was insane. There was like I don't even know how many people it was, but it was like like times square it felt like as far as like i don't know if you've seen times Square in uh new year's but it's like so packed it was like that and they were all there to see to see mark anthony and uh it was it was just like I-, I couldn't see anything it was just human bodies everywhere and then we were trying to film and i'm trying to keep the camera upright it was man it was so wild but it was but it was very cool and interesting to see you know like how people like react to, you know, to celebrities and stuff. And, you know, some people act really great. Some people not, not so well. Like i seen one lady who was kind of like trying to basically abandon her baby to get to Mark Anthony. And I'm like, wow, you know, so it's, it's really, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a whole deal, you know? So I'm, I'm really thankful that I got to um, travel and see the things I got to see via my job. Uh,
0: since you've been on the inside, uh, of Hollywood versus the outside. What's the what's the biggest thing that surprised you, from an inside perspective versus when you still had the outside perspective?
1: Mm, I don't know if it's one situation or if it's the rumors. I want to say it's the rumors. Um, and the example of that is like you know we all know what what Bill Cosby did. We all know what um, what. Um, uh, uh, Chris Brown did and um, but you don't hear like I heard other stories in the back so I'm like huh. so I don't know if it's true or not you know so you know we so f- as far as like the um, the Bill Cosby thing I had heard you know like you know they were saying oh like he was drugging all these women which he did he did but from what I heard it was a totally different story so what I had heard and it's usually from from um, the makeup artist and uh, the uh, the the vanity team because they're sitting there putting on makeup and dressing up uh, celebrities and stuffs hair, so they hear everything. And so um, what I had heard as far as like Bill Cosby, was, which which uh, which was this, I had heard that supposedly Bill Cosby had the biggest ding dong in the industry. Um, and so a lot of times when girls would want to sleep with Bill Cosby, they would go and see that it was pretty crazy down there They're like oh it's pretty big down there and so he'd be like hey take this to relax and so that was the that's what i had heard via you know uh the makeup artist so to me i think that's the craziest thing i hear is like is the the rumors and the one with chris brown was that i had heard that um him and rihanna because he beat rihanna and i had heard and, I'm not, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not I'm not saying that these are true. I'm not saying that these guys, like, um, they're... This is the reason why they did it, or this is, like, they were, they were justified by doing it. So I'm just telling you the rumors I heard. And so anyway, with Chris Brown, I had heard that him and Rihanna were driving somewhere, and they were in an argument. And then somewhere in an argument, I had heard that Rihanna said that Chris Brown, like... No, I heard Rihanna... I, I, again, it, it could, this could be all whatever. But I had heard that Rihanna told Chris, like, oh, well, that's why I gave you this STD or something. Like, she told him, like, in the middle of the fight that she had gave him an STD. And she said it in a spiteful way. Like, that's why I gave you this. And supposedly that's what caused him to go crazy. Again, I don't know if it's true. It's just rumors. So that I think that's that, I think that might be the... I think that might be... I think it might be the rumors what I think is the craziest thing. That so whole
0: much. world is just filled with rumors on the inside and outside. You really never know what's true unless it's like released by an official source. Yeah. But even then, there's you could be a bit skeptical about it because they're probably still withholding information.
1: <laughs> yeah, and which was funny because um one of them that came true, and there's a couple of them that I still have in there, but one of them that came true was the um was the oh my god, I can't even forget his name. The guy from House of Cards, um, the main—the guy Spacey. who used to be the main character. Kevin Spacey? Kevin Spacey. His I heard a long time ago. And then when the story came out, I was like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. And, again, <laughs> it was through, you know, through the grapevine, through the industry. And the story was basically that, um, that um, it was a friend of a friend who I heard this through. And... They said that they were at a gay club. Well I think the one club was called the Abbey. Which is like the most popular one. And they were just having fun and someone randomly came up to them and was just like, Here, here's my card and they were like, You should come to this party. You should come to this party. And I'm like, What, what? Yeah, you just come to this party. And so basically um you 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 go to the address on the card and um what well, this guy said what happened was he got the card. He went to the address. And they let him in. And when he the first thing he seen when he came in was Kevin Spacey. Now he said eighteen year olds, but now we might know it might be younger than that. But he said Kevin Spacey had two 18 year olds on his arm, and he was making out with both of them, just you know going back and forth making out with both of them right when he came in. And I was just like, oh really? And he's like, yeah. And so the guy had found out that certain celebrities throw these parties. Or they rent a mansion or whatever, and then they send out scouts to the the gay, the gay clubs, and they find people that are like that they think that you know the host would like, and they invite them, and then they come in and they have these parties. So I had heard that about Kevin Spacey way before it happened. Also I heard about what happened with uh, Louis C.K. Do you know what happened with him? Louis C.K?
0: Yeah, he was like masturbating on the phone or something like that. Not
1: masturbating on the phone in front of the girls. I heard about that too when I was working on Celebrity Apprentice with with Donald Trump. So I was working on Celebrity Apprentice, um, which is Donald Trump's last Celebrity Apprentice, and um, and basically I had heard that through one of the one of the PAs that uh, that um, Lucy K does this, and uh, it was known. You know, I was like, it wasn't like it was like, oh, it was a surprise. It was known, like it was known in the the, the women comic world that Louis C.K. will take you up to a spot and masturbate in front of you. And I was like, what? And so the girl was going off about it, and she told me about some really famous um, artists who mentioned this to her because she was friends with that girl. And I was like, well, if, they, if it's known, why are girls still doing it? Like, I was like, what? I was like, this should be a. Th- they should tell somebody, you know. And I guess they were like, oh, they can't tell anyone because it would destroy their career. And I was like, what? The, the politics of it is ridiculous. But basically, um, yeah, so I had heard about that years before it came out. So I think, uh, there, so it, I feel like there's some truth to some of the things I hear uh, via, um, you know, the industry. And there's a few other ones like th- that story I told you about Kevin Spacey. There's a few others that throw those type of parties and I'm not going to say their names until I'm not going to say names, but I'll talk to you personally about it. If you ever want to hear about it, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. And like you said, you never know the truth, you know? So it's, it, it could all be up in the air hearsay, whatever. But, um, yeah.
0: So do you think the drama and rumors are worse in Hollywood or on the set of Survivor?
1: Uh, definitely Hollywood. Yeah. Like the set of Survivor has some, they have their things here and there, but it's nothing. It's nothing too crazy on Survivor because Survivor is is, is um very very uh, strict because it's a it's a it's a game show. Any type of thing that's like a game show, they're pretty strict on the things that you can do. Like say if your friend was to get on Survivor and you told your friend about me and I worked on the show, they would separate us because they were like, oh, but they be like because they wouldn't want your friend to win and then them him to be like oh I know this guy and now they're like oh did this guy give me any tips you know and so now it becomes a whole deal so it's, it's so Survivor they're pretty legit with the stuff even though there's some crazy stuff that's happened but usually they're pretty legit with it but in the industry I've heard some some crazy stories um, as far as like clubs and just just all kinds of things really crazy things
0: <laughs> yeah and i know you i know you were telling me some of your favorite stories from survivor like the guy who used to bury the axe or the uh the guy who started all these rumors or the person that one girl who just uh really didn't do anything so uh tell me about some of your favorite people over the years on survivor because i know uh, uh from our perspective uh we see uh like the cut down version the stuff that airs on tv and we kind of uh there's definitely like a narrative that's put in there and uh, people like certain characters based on how they appear on the show, but I'm sure from your perspective, you have a completely different angle on it. So, tell me about some of those favorite stories from your perspective.
1: Favorite stories? <coughs> from, um, or like favorite mm-hmm.
0: characters, favorite storylines?
1: Uh, I guess my favorite character by far is definitely Tyson. Um, Tyson was like, he's He's just so human, you know. Uh, He was one of the, I think he might have been the realest person that I've, like, dealt with on that show. But also, he was very smart, and he was very thoughtful. Um, He, uh, I told him my name once, and he remembered it, which was very impressive. He spoke multiple languages. Um, He had been to the area that we were at before, I think it was Samoa. And, um, I like, the cool thing that I liked about him was I just watched him starve and fight on this island for 39 days and so usually at the end of it we all come back you know uh, sometimes they put the cast on another plane and stuff but sometimes there's only one plane which most of the time in a lot of the countries we're in it's only one plane a day or whatever so we were we had to go back so we're all flying back and we're flying back with the cast and you know they were all just starved for all this time so you see them all eating everything just, Ah, they're just going crazy And so I'm just sitting there, and Tyson, like, comes over to me and, like, comes up, and he's like, hey, do you want an Oreo? And he offered me an Oreo after him being starved for 39 days. Like, I thought that was pretty crazy. You know, I'm like, what? And I was like... I don't even want one i'm good i was like nah bro that's for you bro thank you for i really appreciate what thank you dog he's like are you sure i don't care i really like you terrence and i'm like uh oh, tyson bro nah dog i'm good you know but it was super it was super cool i thought that that was such a thoughtful thing to be like for him to offer me food after he had none for so long you know because most people just be like ah, and eat their food so tyson by far is definitely my favorite um as far as like the stories um <laughs> My my favorite story is uh, actually that has nothing to do with the cast. Like a lot of the, be- it's really funny because like a lot of a lot of people on Survivor say that it would be really funny if the last survivor was of the crew, and it was like the crew, and it couldn't be thirty nine days. It had like had to be something like hundred and thirty nine days because thirty nine days would be like nothing for us. You know, we'd be like like there's some of the guys in the crew that can hunt octopus like it's nothing this one guy named mark um we would call him talent he i've seen him catch three octopus at one time i mean it was insane and uh so as far as like the craziest things it's definitely been something with the cat the crew not with the cast i'm trying to think of some stuff well i guess one of the well this wasn't my favorite but one of the craziest things that happened was i was there when um when three of the uh contestants went down it was uh, during um, um, during the the same time when I had that chicken. It was in the Philippines, and it was really hot. And there was, three, there was two um, contestants that went down from the Braun tribe. There was Braun, Beauty, and Brains. And I believe the bronze tribe, they had two contestants go down, and then another contestant went down. I forget which tribe she was from. She might have been from Brains. Um, but uh, it was like they just had like this crazy heat stroke you know and one guy sounded like he was like literally dying the wheezing he was doing i was like whoa but that one was pretty insane but as far as like my favorite my favorite what happened on the show i think one of my favorite things about the show is i mean i don't think it's one situation is when people get to see their family i think that it's so heartfelt you know because like they're struggling on this island like like people think that we're that they're staying in hotels and stuff no those people are literally sitting there on that beach the entire time they're not going to some hotel they're not getting food from us nope <laughs> they got to get all that stuff themselves so um so in order for you know like what was i going at oh so the so one of the craziest things is like uh the family. But basically, the show uh, more more of the, the crazy stuff is behind the scenes than it is in front. Because when it's in front, like I have to be alert and stuff. And also, too, a lot of times I'm on the um, I'm a reality side guy, which means I'm on the beach with them. Um, sometimes I do the challenges where I'm there with them, but uh, most of the time it's it's me on the beaches with them. And uh, I think, uh, well, oh, I, got a, I got a favorite situation I could say, was when I was with Ozzy. I don't know if you know Ozzy, but he's like basically, iron, uh, he's like Aquaman. This guy's like real life Aquaman. And I got to film him doing his thing underwater. And I thought that was pretty cool. He told me what he does. He said that he likes to go to the shelf, which if, if, you're, if you're used to the ocean, what the shelf is, is the moment that the, the, um, the reef is done And the water goes from regular colored water to deep blue, meaning that it goes down, down. And they call that area the shelf. Once it first starts, that's the shelf. So Ozzy goes to where the shelf is, right where it goes super deep. And he crawls along the wall. And he sits there next to a big hole. And he sits there until he sees a fish come out. And then when the fish comes out, he has this thing called a Hawaiian sling which is uh, this spear that you put around your arm. You push it back, and you let go, and it pushes forward. It's really cool. And uh, so he just uses the Hawaiian sling to, like, get the fish, but that's how he does it. He literally sits there and waits by the rock. So I couldn't do it as good as I wanted because I'm like, I can't hold my breath as long as him. I think he can hold his breath for like four to five minutes. So I'm sitting there just like, you know, and I'm like filming, 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 filming. I'll go up and I'll come back and film. (laughs) But yeah, I think uh, Ozzy, it was really cool to see him do his thing. And he was like, like a real life Aquaman in the water. Super cool
0: that's really cool and none of these situations are scripted right they all kind of just happen you guys do like the casting process to make sure like the the best people for the best tv are on there but then for the most part it's not scripted it's just kind of happens how it happens right
1: there's no script and um and i can tell you that like we all you know we don't have our favorites and stuff and it's it and it's you it, it's 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 interesting I wanted I wanted to say funny but it's not funny but it's very interesting to see when a cast member because we all you know we're humans we all like we like even though we're not supposed to have any favorites or nothing we all have our favorites you know and so it's very interesting to see when one of the producers favorites gets voted off there's because like some some of the the some of the cast members are like just great for the TV you know for TV like they start you know trouble or they they you know they like to call people out or whatever it is that they do um and that gets them voted out so some so that that goes to show you like the producers get mad they're like oh my favorite's gone Uh," you know and so like they'll ask all these crazy questions of the other people that are left like why'd you vote them off and isn't that so yeah there's definitely not a script you know um it's full on you know whatever they do you know they again like you said they just put together the best people that they can and just go with it, <laughs> so it's pretty cool
0: that that's really cool, and uh I know there's a lot of people who think those shows are scripted, so it's cool to hear the perspective from somebody actually on the inside who says it's not, and that that's for all the shows, like you also have worked on The Bachelorette as well, right?
1: yeah, no script on that either that um the way that that sets up though is that one is. So I can't talk too much about this one either, but um, this one, there's no script, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing as Survivor. They get all these people that have, like, interesting personalities, boom, and they put them together. And it's the same thing. It's the girl, you know, or it's the guy. They pick who stays, you know? So, like, yeah, like, somebody might be like, hey, you sure you want this person to go? There might be a little bit of swaying like that. I don't really think so, because it's the person who ultimately wants, you know, wants to check this person out so you can go and be like hey this person is really like this all you want it's if that person wants the person that you don't want them to want then they they'll take them it doesn't matter so that one so i can say it for that too same thing in american idol american idol there's no script as well they just go at what they have and um uh but there are shows that do have like scripts or people like feed them lines and stuff like that you know, but more... Um, those are those are the shows that you can kind of see it in. You know, those are like a lot of the smaller shows um, where the characters aren't as interesting as they thought or the characters, uh, you know, kind of turned it on for a bit and now that the cameras are on them, they're like, ooh, they're more shy. So they kind of like tell them what to say or feed them lines. But as far as like American Idol, um, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise um survivor nah i ain't got no scripts like that same thing with the uh, Kardashians, no script like that no nah. they just go on
0: and what's your dream project to work on what show do you really want to work on more than any other
1: ah that's funny it's funny but and uh you might laugh but i think i would really like to work on ancient aliens and um i got offered to work on that last year bachelorette knows it and i chose bachelorette over them i was like ah i would have been so uh, the reason why i say ancient aliens is because you get to go to really cool places and check stuff out and so i low-key wanted to be an archaeologist too you know i liked going through and finding things that's kind of why Survivor was kind of perfect for me because i loved being in forest and stuff and running around looking for stuff so survivor was like a no-brainer but uh with that show uh ancient aliens um i would get to go to some really exclusive places and one of the places that i got offered to go to was the vatican um archives which like n- like not that many people have been in there and the vatican archives i think have some of the craziest things known to man and um so i think working on that show would totally push me over the edge on what i you know i was like yes you know so either that or any any bbc show about animals those are my my two dream ones are the ancient aliens which i can do or like a show about animals which my buddy the guy joe mine i was talking to earlier he does he goes to africa a lot and shoots a lot of documentaries and stuff for bbc and all that which is really cool
0: yeah getting to go those places for some of those shows, especially like the vatican archives i couldn't even imagine what it would be like going in there and i'm sure they would limit where you can go or even what you can say from what you see yeah um yeah if you were to recommend one destination that you've been more than any other where would you say that people absolutely have to go
1: uh i would definitely say mexico city um i might be biased but it's just it's it's very cool and it's cheap You know, like, it's, you can, you can get some, you know, you can get some really great food there, you can get some really good places to stay, and you can do, you know, go out to some great bars, um, food, like, activities, there's all kinds of things you can do, like, uh, if you like to go, even if, like, you go see a movie, going to see a movie is way different in Mexico City than it is in America. In America, you go to the movies, you gotta wait in this long line, concession stands, whatever, AMC tries to beat that out with their member thing. But in, in, um, in Mexico, I don't know if you've seen a movie over there yet, but you got, like, everything. Like, they have, like, yeah, they got popcorn and stuff, but they have candy and stuff. But they don't have, like, full-on, like, ice cream area where it's, like, different types of ice cream. Or they have an entire area that's just full of candy. Just like, um, you know, the little places you can go to in the mall where it's, like, a candy store, like Sugar Rock or whatever. Um, they have those in the, the store or in the um, the uh, theater. And then also, too, um, the way that they, they deal with it is, like, when you're leaving, they all take the food and stuff out of your hands. So like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, they take your drink in the cart. You don't have to throw it away. They do it for you. I think that's really cool. Um, so I I, I think uh, Mexico City definitely is a place I would say you got to visit there because, like, I think people... You know, you you don't. It's it's cheap. Um, it's it's uh, it's, it's well for America, it's pretty close. But as far as like anyone else, I think that it you'll see you'll find a very rich culture, and also too, um, it's it's you'll find modern and um in ancient tech there. You know, so you'd be like, oh, cool, amazing buildings, and then boom, you'll find some ruins, and that was that that was the like I honestly want to say, Japan. I, I I could say Japan is my favorite for sure, because of that. <clears throat> like when I went to Japan, you're, it's such a crazy mix of just like modern, 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 three thousand year old temple, and you're like what? <laughs> and it's made out of wood, and you're just like what? And it's huge. And you're like where would this come from? And then you go and you chill, and you look at that, you go inside, and you leave, and then back to modern. You know, and all of a sudden, boom, another thousand-year-old temple. You're like, what? So it's it's just so interesting and so cool how they mix modern style with ancient style. And so um, that's the one thing I like about Japan. That's my favorite. But as far as, like, the places I recommend, I've got to say Mexico City. I've got to say it. It's just the food and everything, everything you can do there, renting the bikes, the, the, the different type of festivals like Day of the Dead and... Um, and, like, uh, what is the other one? Um, even around Christmas, they have this thing where it's... I forget exactly what the what it's called, but they have a bunch of traditional things as far as, like, food and uh, things with cake and stuff like that. So uh, I would definitely have to say that's my, that's my big recommendation spot for everybody is Mexico City.
0: Mexico City was definitely a pleasant surprise for me because even though I've only spent three days there, the initial plan... for my trip to Mexico last summer wasn't to go to Mexico City, but I ended up following this girl there and we spent uh, three days in Mexico City. I arrived in the middle of the night and we just stayed at her family's places. These complete strangers this girl I had just met a few days before and they welcomed me into their house for free and they they wouldn't stop trying to feed me. They were just like so overly friendly. They wanted to hear everything I had to say about uh, America and Where I'm from because There's a lot of people I encountered in Mexico City where I was the first American they had met Mm -hmm. But I just uh, Staying At this this people's place it was Completely changed my perspective Of what I thought was possible In Mexico because Nobody talks about Mexico City Uh, Whenever you hear about Mexico on the news It's always Tijuana or Juarez And the cartel run Areas but there's a fully developed nation that is Mexico that never gets talked about you got cities like uh, Monterey Mexico City uh, Guadalajara mm-hmm. and they're massive metropolises that compared to cities in the US they're, in fact I would say Mexico City is cleaner than any US city I've been to I mean mm-hmm. New York San Francisco Detroit they're all filthy they're nice cities but like the streets are filthy there's trash all over the place. There's weird smells. Mm. Mexico City has none of that. It's this amazing city with eight million people. So it's the size of New York, but uh, it's got I think it's none like 22 of those <laughs> <laughs> well, the. Two million. Well, the whole area is is crazy, but I think the city itself is roughly the size of New York. Yeah, but and I think it's uh,
1: got twenty-two million packed in there. Is let it let that see. many? Yeah, I think so. I th- because it used to be the biggest city in the world at one point. The most packed. I mean, the most packed. Twenty-two million. Let me see. i believe it is um because i that was that was the that was my yeah, surprise too though, also yeah. too i don't know if you knew but at one point yeah the, the population wow. reached almost 22 million by 2022 yeah um yeah. easily they, the
0: biggest city in the americas <laughs>
1: yeah they um they also at one point um they had the most billionaires in the world living there
0: i believe it that that city is amazing and um there, when I was in Mexico City I ended up going to this club Kind of on the outskirts of town And um, I was the only English speaker In the entire club I was with a group of friends Of this uh, this person I was with They were all Mexican military And we were just kind of like chilling I was, I was a bit awkward I didn't know what to do Because I didn't speak the same language as any of these people But I eventually ended up doing tequila shots Like I had mentioned before With the captain in the Mexican army and between the two of us now this is this is like my superpower but also it's like a cause a lot of problems i could take tequila shots like it's water i could drink tequila all day so (laughs) between the uh, me and this captain of the mexican army we finish an entire bottle of tequila just the two of us we're doing shots all day I, i take a shot no problem uh drink it like it's water this guy he's a captain of the mexican army not only is he making an awful face, can't keep a straight face at all, but he's following it with a chaser. And I ended up taking more tequila shots that night than a captain <laughs> of the Mexican army. And that's, that's my claim, uh, claim to fame in Mexico city is I can beat a captain of the Mexican army at tequila <laughs> shots.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, tequila is my, my, my drink. Uh, when I was last in Mexico, uh, it was for bachelor and well, bachelorette. And, um, one of my days off we were in playa mita and on one of my days off i had bought a bottle of don julio 70 setenta and i drank that whole bottle by myself and it was my day off i had finished it i think i started drinking it at like one o'clock and i think i finished it by like seven the entire bottle like one guy had a drink with me one guy but besides, because I, w- I was in the video game room and I was waiting, there was supposed to be a group of us coming in there. And I ended up just like drinking and gaming. Before I knew it, it was halfway gone. And I was like, oh. And um, <laughs> and then so I end up, I remember I ended up talking to one of the hosts, um, the hostess. And I was like, do you want a drink? She's like, yeah. She took one from me too. But then after that, I was just at the bar just drinking. And I just drank the whole thing straight. I just drink it straight, no chaser, no nothing. But you should try that one. Try Don Julio Seventy. It's and I had no hangover the next day or nothing. It was because it's so high end, like it it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not supposed to give you really a hangover. So
0: that that sounds that sounds amazing. My go to is uh, eighteen hundred silver. That's the one I tend to drink a lot, just because it's, um, it's smoother than a lot of tequilas that you could find here in America. But the tequilas you buy here at a bar in America compare nothing to. The, the tequila's you can have in Mexico. Oh yeah, of
1: course. That's nice. no brainer.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, drinking
1: was a huge part of uh traveling for me for um for Survivor. Um it, it's it's like uh people are like, Oh, you're working on Survivor? Oh that's alcohol poisoning <laughs> because we drink heavy every day because you know it's it's a hard job, you know, you, certain certain places like there is there's, you know, spiders that wanna bite you, snakes that wanna bite you sharks that want to eat you trees that want to blind you you know you have all these things going down, so you're like i made it and you you get back and you just you know you just drink so um
0: alcohol is like the great equalizer because not only does it give you camaraderie among people but it also puts everybody on a level playing field as you start drinking
1: (laughs) exactly you know and so uh like it's it's I remember specifically another one, um, another time in the Philippines where we had parties. So in the Philippines, the way our, um, our rooms were was that it was like, I think it was five people to like a, 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 a house. There was like these like houses that we kind of got. And I think it was like five people. I think it was like two upstairs, three downstairs. I can't remember exactly how it was. But basically, um, everybody's place had a pool in the back. So you you literally go out to your backyard and there's a pool, and then you can look at everybody else's backyard and their pool, there's kind of a wall in between. And so what we, we would do is people would just walk along the wall until you got to a party, and then you would just jump out into somebody's party and just partying, and you just bring liquor over and just drink. And I remember I took a picture of this one guy, his name was Jeff, Jeff Watt. He's a legend, like literal legend of, of the film industry or the the reality side. I think he's he's dope on the film side too. Also, this guy is a is a lord of Dogtown, by the way. He used he's one of the first guys to start the skateboarding scene back in the day. So, he's got all the old school, old circa pictures and stuff of him and his boys skateboarding in pools and stuff. Um, but uh, he, um, we were at his party and I took a picture of the aftermath of one set of us drinking and I think it was eight bottles of rum all empty and um one of the things we did on Survivor was like we would clear entire countries out of certain things like when we were in, in Nicaragua we cleared them out of a lot of stuff when we were like when we were in uh, Samoa we cleared the entire country out of a lot of stuff too we cleared them out of like I think it was Guinness, Bass, I think we cleared them out of rum at one point it had no rum um I think uh what was the other one bex was gone but yeah basically um drinking is a huge thing for survivor when i travel with them and uh it's it's pretty epic i I love it you know it's just it's just like a way to wind down after the hard day at work running around on the beach all day
0: and for one last question just to wrap it up for today what is your ultimate goal in life what do you want to be remembered for
1: what i what uh what i want to do i would like to do a couple of things for humanity like one i would like to um um either have a brand new renewable energy source for us or i would like a, i would like to help us mine asteroids in space like i know it sounds like huge and far but i think that that's what i really want to do because i'm, 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 I'm that's something we didn't really get into is was space that's like one of my like biggest things like i'm a, I'm a traveler I'm a, I, and so i want to travel to space and um i think that like asteroid mining would definitely help out humanity because we wouldn't have to go into um into earth's you know core anymore or it's like you know go dig for you know rare earth elements that we won't get you know that take so much money i feel like we can get that from space i think that's one thing that i really do like want to contribute to and then the other thing that I would like to contribute to is um, a renewable energy source that we can use that that will help out all humanity, you know. Um, and I don't, I don't know how we would do that, but I would love to be one of the people to start looking for it. Um, uh, or it could also be uh, graphene. I don't know if you know graphene, but um, I think that that's something that we can use. Uh, if we can find out how to make graphene at a huge uh, quantity that we can use that for clothing and for glass and for and when you do it like that you can use you can pull electronics through that and when you put electronics through that like you can do amazing things like you're instead of you having your phone to display you know what's going on your messages and stuff you can have the glass display it while you're driving your car you know or you can have like your clothes have the electronics in it to read your um, your heart rate and read your blood pressure and all that so that like you don't have to deal with any of the stuff before your doctor comes in you're just wearing the clothes and the clothes is doing everything for you because of the electronics via the graphene so um, those are two things that I I really like to do for humanity and I know they sound really big but that's exactly what I want to do and um, uh, hopefully I can get there one day
0: (laughs) and where can people find you at
1: Uh, You can find me um, either on Instagram. You can find me at uh, Aquinto on Instagram, or if you want to see me play video games, I do that a lot as well. um, You can follow me uh, on Twitch uh, at Aquinto www.twitch.com/slash Aquinto. Those are two places. How do you you spell that? Uh, You spell that Aquinto A Q U E E N T O. And uh, that's across a few platforms. I'm on Snapchat. I'm on um, Instagram. Not not on Facebook too much. But uh, Instagram is the main one I'm on. So, or uh, I'm on Twitter as well. If you want to look for me on Twitter, um, that is at uh, T. Lofton L O F T O N Junior. So T. Lofton Junior. That's my um, Twitter at T. Lofton Junior.
0: All right, well, thanks for coming on the podcast today, Terrence. It was great having you, uh, and we'll have, to, we'll have to catch up again sometime. I definitely got to make it out to L.A. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, thanks, Connor. I really appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to be your first guest, and uh, I really enjoyed it, dude. It was, it was really cool. It was easy. Like, you know, I didn't even crack the surface of uh, the stories <laughs> I have, so I love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> well, you definitely have a lot of stories to tell, and I'd love to have you on again sometime, but it was definitely a pleasure.
1: For sure. For sure.